Hello and welcome to another mini-sode. Today, we are talking about the ever-rising cost of travel nurses to fill staffing shortages in hospitals and the domino effect that has on healthcare. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm Gigi Hutchire. And this is Rural Health Rising. So, JJ, we have heard uh, some stories in the media um, and a lot of conversation within the healthcare industry about the rising cost of traveling nurses, um, which the cost is being charged by the agencies, the staffing agencies, not by the nurses themselves. So I want to preface this episode with our uh, concerns are not directed at the nurses. Our concerns are directed at the travel staffing agencies. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, we're seeing unprecedented shortages in healthcare, particularly in nursing, at least for us. We're Mm -hmm. we're seeing nursing as the biggest pain point, I think. But, um, you know, the the travel nurse agencies have been around since before the pandemic, right? Well before that. Well before. So what scenarios were hospitals typically using uh, travel nursing agencies to fill positions? Yeah. So, Rachel, first, I think what we have to talk about is you said that we're reading in the media. We're experiencing it. Right. You know, here yes. at Hillsdale yes. and around the yep. area. So, yeah, we do read about it. You do hear about it. But I want to give firsthand experience to our listeners today. Right. Uh, we've always engaged travelers ever since I've been in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the purpose of that is if someone leaves and you're short staffed in a particular area and you can't get the recruitment done in a timely manner, you hire usually short term. Right. Usually they're they're no more. They've never been in my in my experience any more than eight to twelve weeks mm-hmm. uh, of a contract that you sign. And so you just knew that there would be a stopgap method put into place till you get that other person trained. Right. Those are experienced nurses uh, who want to travel for whatever reason, family convenience, want to see the world, whatever. And so you typically would get them from eight to twelve weeks. By then you've got your critical position filled. The person's mm-hmm. been trained, and then they leave you, and you walk on your ways. Right now. Pre-pandemic, those numbers were still high, but manageable. Right. Pre-pandemic, I'm going to give you some numbers. Mm-hmm. Pre-pandemic, we would see cost no more than anyone, and I used to sign those when I was director of HR, mm-hmm. no more than $78 an hour, mm-hmm. total in cost. They right. were paying their staff around 45 an hour, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. The agency would make the difference, roughly. Right. All right, so several years ago when nurses were averaging anywhere from $28 to $32, for them to make $45, it's attractive. They get free housing. They get right. some stipends. And how else would you attract people to the yeah. the nursing, Absolutely. the travel nursing lifestyle, Absolutely. right? You got to pay them more, right? right? And you got to give them incentives like housing and other things. So right. so it had its niche. Mm-hmm. In, it, it served in a, a very important purpose in healthcare. Extremely important purpose because you still have to run your hospital. And we as executives know that you can't shut your OR down. It's your highest point of revenue for you. And so you have to use staffing agencies. All right. Now, you didn't use them frequently because they were still high. Right. Remember, you're paying $78 at that time for a staffing agency to bring a nurse in where you're paying your regular nurse, let's say, $30 an hour, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Huge, huge difference if you you know put that out for 12 months. You know, the yearly cost to you is going to be astronomical even right. at 70 bucks an hour. So that's pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mid-pandemic. We started to watch prices rise because yep. why? People were getting out of healthcare. Right. They were That's tired. when the burnout started burnout. to really affect, Sickness. I think, the staffing levels. We didn't know what we didn't know. Nurses living in garages thinking, I'm taking this home to my family. It's too much of a great risk. Let's stop it. Let's start a business. My husband got a better promotion. We're going to quit healthcare. Okay. Right. So that goes on at the same time. And then all of a sudden, the staffing agencies are like, okay, supply and demand, baby. And so yep. all of a sudden, you see 
these costs go from about 78 to top. Then we start hitting 110. And I'm going, mm-hmm. wow, we can't afford 110. I remember when we were having that conversation remember? of, can you believe that we're being charged $110 for a traveler? Hour. And we were just, it's like egregious. It's terrible. I can yeah. get a physician in primary care for, yeah. you know, a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, I Why would I pay a nurse 250 or nursing agency $250,000? Because the other point that I want to raise with that, which we want to mention, is what are the nurses getting now? So if they were getting forty five then, mid-pandemic, mm-hmm. the staffing agencies are charging one ten. Nurses' wage also rose, right, as well. For travelers, and we're just talking about mm-hmm. now. There's traveler phlebotomists. There's tra- right now. Right. We're talking the purpose of nurses. All right. So then, nurse wages increase proportionate as well. Uh, so instead of the forty five they were getting, all right, now they're offering sixty to sixty five an hour. All right. Staffing agency still getting their big kick, mm-hmm. 100, 110 an hour. Then something even more mind boggling occurred. All of a sudden, we get beyond the halfway mark in our pandemic, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, we see and we hear about all the shortages that are happening across the country. And all of a sudden, I look down at the rate sheet one day, Rachel, true story, and I see 150 for a for a uh, med surge nurse 175 for an ER nurse $200 an hour for a CCU nurse same nurse I could have you know brought here at $78 an hour a year and a half ago right. is now $200 an hour Mm-hmm. And we have no negotiating authority, right? Right. I can't say I'm only going to pay you one fifth. They're going to say no. This is what the nurses. And so what's happened is they have made it so attractive to nurses. This isn't our nursing, this isn't nurses' fault. Okay. Right. But they've made it so attractive to them to make physician wages mm-hmm. that they are jumping ship. Many of them for personal reasons. Their husband lost their job during the pandemic. Right. Or their wife. And they need the they extra They need the income. extra income to make up the difference to be made, quote unquote, whole. Mm-hmm. Um, not many of them shared with us when they were leaving, we really don't want to do this. We love Hillsdale. We love our home, but we have to do this. We have a huge debt to pay. We have this. We're going to lose our car. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, it's not about someone listening to this podcast and well, JJ, you should pay your nurses more. No, the market averages those. Right. 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 We're, we're, it's not an issue that they're underpaid. It's the issue for us that these agencies are coming in are overpaying. Right. They are. They're right. overpaying. And that's the only way they can attract them. So now I'm not only so, – so the market is like this. $75, 70 bucks. they're getting 45 Now it's one, 110 All right, they're getting proportionate to that, 60 65 an hour. Then we jump to 200 All right, they're offering nurses $100 plus an hour. Yeah. Take that times 2,080. Mm-hmm. We're talking over $220,000 a year plus free housing. Right. Plus a certain amount of that's not taxable. Mm-hmm. You add all those frills and you're at $300,000 overall for one year. Right. These are physician wages. The market cannot sustain that. Right, rural hospitals that were already work. suffering, Rachel, they can't. They can't sustain no. that. And the problem with this is that if you want to keep your units functioning and your hospitals open and not lose even more staff because they're getting more and more burnout, you have to bring in travel nurses to do that. Um, and you know now they're working alongside your staff who've stuck with you through the pandemic and making you know two and three times as much as what your employees are making. But 
so, you know, that in and of itself is a problem because there's the financial aspect of just jacking up the prices Mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic because they know we need them and we don't have a choice. And you can argue supply and demand as much as you want, but this is not, you know, retail sales. No. Right? No. There's no other industry with as critical of a role to play in the health and safety oh of our society, Absolutely. obviously, Absolutely. <laughs> um, than healthcare. And so, you know, it's it's more egregious to yeah. me when price gouging is happening in an industry like healthcare. You know, at the beginning of the so pandemic, diff- we saw people get arrested for stockpiling hand sanitizer. hand sanitizer. Remember that? But now we have this going on, and we're no not seeing any action. Rachel, there's so no accountability. Far. Right. There, there's not been any any consequence. So, so that in so, of itself is a problem, right? For our audience that's listening, for our, for our listeners, what is price gouging in your mind in in, in this setting? I would it? say price Equate gouging is in when there's a spike in demand because of an emergency type of situation or a major situation that affects the entirety of the public that you raise the price because you know that everyone's about to want it. But you don't just raise the price according to the market. You raise it as high as you think people will actually pay for it. But that's why when it happens in an emergency, people do what they have to do. And so they'll pay almost anything for something that is critical that they need. Because how else are they going to do it? How right, else they right. When they don't have a choice, right. but so, so to it's make taking that advantage of, yes. of places, right. already struggling systems who are struggling to even staff. But then now you have to pay for these exorbitant costs. Mm-hmm. So, so that's to your point. You know, you've got this. Uh, this there needs to be intervention. Right. We're going to talk about intervention in a minute, but I want to paint the other side of it too. So, as this is occurring, we in healthcare thought, well, how do we compete in this market? Right. So, countermeasures from hospitals across America was to offer signing bonuses mm-hmm. because most staffing agencies did not offer the signing bonus because they're not going to, then then they're going to be totally out of money, right, right? Right. They want to make as much as they can. So truly, you didn't see a lot of signing bonuses and you still don't with traveling agencies where you see mm-hmm. signing bonuses are the countermeasures that hospitals had to take to compete with traveling right. agencies. So right. for example, you saw a billboard not too long ago. How I much, did. How much was that? $55,000 sign-on bonus for a uh, CCU, ICU nurse. I was driving down the highway, and I saw a uh, one of those electronic uh, signs or billboards or whatever that uh, the hospitals have uh, on their property, and uh, it said $55,000 sign-on bonus for a critical mm-hmm. care ICU nurse. So, Rachel, wow, $55,000. That's mm-hmm. a yearly—that's yearly salary. For most people. Right. Uh, and you're getting that in For a people who are making good, good money. money. Good money. Yeah. That's a one-time, you know, think about it. That's a one-time bonus they're giving. Right. Which is equal to someone who's making minimum wage. It's three people. Right. Basically. Right. And I don't know if it was, you know, an upfront bonus or over time. I'm sure it was but over the time. point is it's the it's this huge bonus yeah. and it's it's a way to the people who aren't really wanting to have the lifestyle of a traveler. Yeah. Um, but would like to make more money and would move for more money uh, to a different organization, that's how they're attracting those folks, right? Yeah. Those people in the middle who are saying, yeah, I could use some more money, but I don't really I feel don't. like I can't I can't be a traveler because of my family situation or, or, or because I don't want to or, you know, yeah. whatever else. And so then you attract them that way. So imagine this, though. So not only am I competing now with staff that want to go make $100 an hour mm-hmm. uh, as a traveler, and now I'm competing in the marketplace with someone who's able to offer $50,000 sign-on bonuses. Mm-hmm. So we took a different position here, didn't we? We did, yeah. 
And and why don't you explain what our position was with this? Instead of a a hiring bonus, what do we do? We offered a uh, and have provided resilience bonuses. Um, and a the the one that we have uh, coming up is um, like the other ones that we've had throughout COVID is uh, two dollars an hour for hours worked for our fiscal year. Um, and then at the end of that year, that bonus will be paid out in a lump sum to our employees who have earned it. Um, now, with that, we've stipulated that we need you to stay in your uh, position in terms of full-time, yep. part-time. If you drop down from full-time to part-time or from part-time to casual, then you're no longer eligible for that bonus. Um, but that really was to say we're not going to throw money at people to get them in the door no. when we have people who've been here this whole time and 20. have stuck with us yeah. and have stuck with our community and are, you know, making – they are foregoing a lot of these opportunities to make more money in order to be here in this community in our hospital taking care of our patients. And how – what does it say to them when we say, oh, well, someone new coming in, we're going to offer them – Twenty five thousand yeah. dollars just to show up to work beside you, just to right when you've been working for maybe two decades, right? It's unfair. Right. So we said, you know, we're not. We're going to reward people that work here, right? And if you leave before the bonus is paid, you don't get paid, right? And if you come during the fiscal year that the bonus is applied to, then still any hours you've worked. So as a new employee, you're still eligible for that for any hours that you've worked in that fiscal year. Absolutely. And so the the desire on our part was to honor and to recognize the hard work of those who have stayed working mm-hmm. and not that have jumped ship. So so we have this issue. The issue is you're either going to be required to pay 150 up to 200 an hour or you have to look at nurses that are leaving you to take bonuses at 50 to $60,000 mm-hmm. and how do you combat that? Well, we had a different strategy. And we, we not only did we say a resilience bonus, but we also said, you know what, let's invest in our people. Let's pay for some education. Mm-hmm. Let's look at sending them back to school. And we started, you know, LP into RN programs right. to try to attract different RNs, you know, who would be interested in a different field. Maybe they're working as an LPN in a skilled nursing facility. Let's bring into the ER. And it's mm-hmm. going remarkably well. Yes. We've already done that with five LPNs that will be transitioning into RN. And Within we get year. invested here. Right. Looking at how do we support you as a person, mm-hmm. you know, emergency funds, and then taking good care of our people. I right. think it's so important. Right. But all that aside, it's still almost impossible to compete with the price gouging that's happening right now. Right. Rural gets squeezed out, right? It because, does. you know, as you demonstrated, the travel agencies are price gouging. The big systems, the only way they can compete is by throwing cash. That's it. Rural hospitals don't have the cash to throw. No. So then we're losing people. And where this really starts to make my blood boil, JJ. All right, give and, it. And you know I'm a bit of a hothead. Come on. No. That's just, yeah. Preach it. Come on. Is the fact that we have seen from our own hospital mm-hmm. a nurse <laughs> who took a position with a traveling agency, mm-hmm. which, again, it's like I— I am not in that position, but I can understand they, they make it attractive. And if you have things you need to do to take care of your family, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. The problem is the agency. Correct. Because the agency assigned that nurse to a hospital within driving distance, within commuting True. distance. Absolutely. So really, even though that's now a traveling position, yep. it's 
no different than commuting if you were employed at that hospital because it's not somewhere far away where you end up having to to live there for that period of time, right. you know. And that makes it better in terms of, uh, you know, if that if this nurse has a family or if you have, you know, responsibilities where you need to be able to be home and you can't be gone for weeks on end, um, that's helpful. But the problem is what happens and this again is is this my my ire is directed at the staffing agencies, That's not true. the nurses taking these positions Absolutely because not. I completely understand why they are. It totally makes sense. Um, but so what the agency has now done is created a hole in our nursing staff that needs to be filled. Absolutely. And guess who's gonna fill it? <laughs> the person that the just nursing agency left. that just recruited one of our Absolutely. nurses to send them to a hospital up the road. Or the staff members that offer to come back in your facility. We've had that happen. Have we really? Absolutely. Oh, now I'm really mad. Oh, absolutely they have. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, the, the staff member said, well, I really want to still work at Hillsdale. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We deny it 100%. That, see, and so, yeah, so here's the problem. It's not just price gouging and taking advantage of an emergency. You're now also creating even more of a shortage that you are the only option for people to come in and get that filled. Absolutely. And that is the problem. You're price gouging, and then you're creating as much demand as you possibly can. It's completely unethical. Right. It's totally immoral, and it is disgusting. And the fact that there is nothing being done yet about that is really disheartening because hospitals and healthcare workers— We've been in this for two years now, and we have worked through the most tumultuous time our industry has ever seen in any of our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now we are getting taken advantage of by these travel nursing agencies, and no one's doing anything about it. Absolutely. And so, Rachel, the million-dollar question, what do we do? What's our options? Our options are to talk to our congressional leaders as much as possible and keep pushing them and to remind them that healthcare is not, you cannot apply universally free market economics to healthcare because it is not a free market. We do not get to set our own prices, therefore, it's not a free market. So there may be some free market of principles that apply, but you cannot apply them universally. No. And in this scenario, I really think it's a hard argument to make. To feel, uh, to me, it feels like a not a very genuine argument to say, well, we can't do anything about the travel agencies pricing more because this is the free market. Mm-hmm. Well, then why do we have any laws and regulations about price gouging? Yeah, absolutely. And if we're not going to use those or leverage that in this scenario, just get rid of them altogether because this seems like the worst possible case. I agree with you. I think the Department of Justice, from a federal perspective, needs to launch an investigation. And I, I think agree. each of the respective state attorney generals need to look at this because, mm-hmm. Rachel, what happens when you hear of uh, an oil embargo, an oil shortage, uh, rising oil prices? What what happens in some sectors with the gas prices in gas stations? It goes up overnight. Right. And some people say, oh, we're going to turn the gas into $6 a gallon. Right. Do you know that states have prosecuted yes. store owners who are opportunistic to crises right. and create that price gouging? Right. It, yes. it violates consumer index, all of those things. Right. So this is no different. Right. Now, I'm not advocating they all go to jail. All right. No, but, but the, what the I practice is needs to be governed. stopped. There, yeah. need, there needs to be some type of regulation, and mm-hmm. I am 
the guy who never talks about regulation in that sense, but I'm telling you, <laughs> there has to be some regulation in that type of a market. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. It, so here's the other thing, too. I think we've heard some conversation in the media, and maybe I, I would assume that this is coming from the um, travel agencies. It's like, well, how dare you try to cap nurse pay? I don't want to cap nurse pay, no. but I want to limit a travel nurse agency's ability to jack up their own profits. Right. right. And in the process, yes, they end up paying nurses more. Absolutely. But for them to be able to do that and to take one of our nurses and put them in a hospital mm -hmm. up the road, mm -hmm. that's a problem. So whether it is applying a limit to the radius yep. that travel nurses can be assigned if they're leaving a position, um, <laughs> if it is, you know, a limit to how quickly the, the prices can increase compared mm -hmm. to maybe what else is whatever else is going on in the economy. I don't know if it's really the consumer price index or maybe something else, mm -hmm. but there's got to be some measure of accountability that right now we just don't have. And until we do, we're going to start watching rural hospitals close because they can't afford to staff their floors. We are. And here's the deal, Rachel. So let's just say... We, we already said the market can't sustain this, and it can't. Hospitals will close. Right. You, right. you can't – I mean, you cannot take a nurse wage at 200000 a year for five nurses. That's a million bucks. You, you'll lose. Right. You, you aren't going to do it. Right. So, now, we say that in rural health. We in, recognize there are hospital oh, – there, there are healthcare systems that are 20, paying – 20, 30 millions. Top administrators millions, millions of, of dollars, dollars a, year. a year. Maybe they can afford to do that. We can't in rural. So but even, even them, long-term, it's not sustainable, right, right? Right, I mean, short-term, they'll be able to float the case. But right. let's think about this. We've just read in Becker's uh, of several ho hospital systems, even in Michigan, that have laid off staff. Yes, and closing units. Guess what's going to happen? These these agencies are single-handedly creating this crisis. Yes. I firmly believe that. It starts with them and the domino effect yep. goes all the way through the industry. They steal, quote unquote, those nurses from hospitals, place them mm -hmm. in hospitals where those patients or where those uh, employees can drive. Then what happens is the hospital that has been robbed of those staff mm -hmm. end up shutting programs down, laying people off. Now, here's what's going to happen. We're going to wake up in about I'm going to give it eight months, and we're going to go, wow, there's a huge surplus of nurses. I, I guarantee I you, here's so. why. Because hospitals are starting to lay off well, yeah. and close. Right. Those nurses now aren't going to be able to get these traveling jobs because we're going to have access to nurses again. Right. And so in a few months, we we've already started to experience to it. You're not going to be forced to it. And the market's going to leverage it, and it's going to average it out. Right. And so right now, we're at a critical point. Mm -hmm. Because we're bleeding hospital systems that are going to cause them to either close programs or shut down together. Or which increase opens up, the prices, which translates which to the cost of the patient or to the cost Absolutely. of our government payers. Government. So there's an incentive right there for Congress to intervene. That's right. Because this increased cost is going to get passed on That's to right. Medicare and Medicaid. So if you're listening today, the focus of this program is really from a firsthand experience, talking about the challenges we have faced during the pandemic uh, and rising above it now that there has to be some type of regulatory review of these charges 
right. and of these practices. And so mm-hmm. if they won't tackle the charges, they've got to at least de-incentivize. Charges being the prices they're charging, yeah, not yeah. charges as in criminal no, charges. Not, not criminal, but Unless it's prices, in the criminal code somewhere, the and then let's roll. <laughs> yeah, the prices. But they've got to look then geographically. Right. Where can we set the, the restrictions then for travel? So mm-hmm. if you are if you live in Hillsdale County, then you cannot work in the six-county surrounding areas. Right. Now, as an individual, you have to say, am I willing to move my family for 25 more an hour? Or you have and to maybe this, you are. Maybe you and are. And that's okay. But you have to recognize you may only have that assignment for 12 weeks before the market starts to shift and you're right. no longer going to get paid. And now you're going to be looking for a job when everybody else has a job mm-hmm. because we're hiring people right now. Oh, yeah. And we're bringing them in from other facilities that are either closing or reducing programs. And we heard of another one mm-hmm. yet this week of a closure of several programs. We will have staff that apply here because now the traveling jobs, you, you, you only can have so many of them. Right. And those hospitals are saying, you know what? We have a surplus of nurses now. So it's a vicious, vicious cycle that's predicated by the greed in companies who want to take a uh, an approach of an opportunistic attitude during a crisis. And it's mm-hmm. sickening. It is. It is. And so the I think the uh, the action, the call to action that we would have from all of this is to talk to your congressional leaders, give them the real world, real life story, not speaking in generalities, not speaking in the industry as a whole. They need to know how that's affecting you and your hospital, how that's affecting your community, how not having a fully staffed unit is impacting the staff that you do have, how not having, uh, you know, enough nurses is driving up your costs and annualize that and tell them what that means. Give them the understanding of how severe this issue is. It's not just an argument over, well, this is expensive. Absolutely. It's a bigger deal than that. But they have to understand the human cost, and they need to hear from as many of us as possible. Absolutely. And so that's our call to action today. If you're listening today and you're concerned about the state of healthcare and you want to do something positive, reach out to your congressional Leaders, they're not going to do yes. it on a state state basis. I'm telling you, no. they're not. Unless the attorney generals of each respective state looks at it, they're not. It's going to have to be done from a federal perspective. Right. Uh, obviously, soliciting you know some input from the Department of Labor and some other things, but ultimately, reach out to them, have a conversation, and advocate for your rural hospitals. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great conversation with another great guest. So be sure to tune in. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. And you can now find us on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. Hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com.